0: Chapter Thirty Six of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Science in Short Chapters by W. Mattia Williams. Chapter Thirty Six: The Origin of Soap. A history of soap would be very interesting. Who invented it? when and where did it first come into common use how did our remote ancestors wash themselves before soap was invented these are historical questions that naturally arise at first contemplation of the subject but as far as we are aware historians have failed to answer them we read a great deal in ancient histories about anointing with oil and the use of various cosmetics for the skin but nothing about soap these ancients must have been very greasy people and I suspect that they washed themselves pretty nearly in the same way as modern engine drivers clean their fingers, by wiping off the oil with a bit of cotton waste. We are taught to believe that the ancient Romans wrapped themselves round with togas of ample dimensions, and that these togas were white. Now such togas, after encasing such anointed oily skins, must have become very greasy. How did the Roman laundresses, or launders, historians do not indicate their sex remove this grease historians are also silent on this subject a great many curious things were found buried under the cinders of vesuvius in pompeii and sealed up in the lava that flowed over herculaneum bread wine fruits and other domestic articles including several luxuries of the toilet such as pomades or pomade pots and rouge for painting ladies faces but no soap for washing them in the british museum is a large variety of household requirements found in the pyramids of egypt but there is no soap and we have not heard of any having been discovered there finding no traces of soap among the romans greeks or egyptians we need not go back to the prehistoric caveman whose flint and bone implements were found embedded side by side with the remains of the mammoth bear and hyena in such caverns as that at torquay where mr pengelly has during the last eighteen years so industriously explored all our knowledge and that still larger quantity our ignorance of the habits of antique savages indicate that solid soap such as we commonly use is a comparatively modern luxury but it does not follow that they had no substitute to learn what that substitute may probably have been we may observe the habits of modern savages or primitive people at home and abroad this will teach us that clay especially where it is found having some of the unctuous properties of fuller's earth is freely used for lavatory purposes and was probably used by the romans who were by no means remarkable for anything approaching to true refinement they were essentially a nasty people the habits of the poor being cheap and nasty of the rich luxurious and nasty the roman nobleman did not sit down to dinner but sprawled with his face downwards and took his food as modern swine take theirs at grand banquets after gorging to repletion he tickled his throat in order to vomit and make room for more he took baths occasionally and was probably scoured and shampooed as well as oiled but it is doubtful whether he performed any intermediate domestic ablutions worth naming a refinement upon washing with clay is to be found in the practice once common in england and still largely used where wood fires prevail it is the old-fashioned practice of pouring water on the wood ashes and using the lees thus obtained these lees are a solution of alkaline carbonate of potash the modern name of potash being derived from the fact that it was originally obtained From the ashes under the pot in like manner soda was obtained from the ashes of seaweeds and of the plants that grow near the seashore such as the salsover soda etc the pot ashes or pearl ashes being so universal as a domestic by-product it was but natural that they should be commonly used especially for the washing of greasy clothes as they are to the present day upon these facts we may build up a theory of the origin of soap it is a compound of oil or fat with soda or potash and would be formed accidentally if the fat on the surface of the pot should boil over and fall into the ashes under the pot the solution of such a mixture if boiled down would give us soft soap if oil or fat became mixed with the ashes of soda plants it would produce hard soap such a mixture would most easily be formed accidentally in regions where the olive flourishes near the coast as in italy and spain for example and this mixture would be castile soap which is still largely made by combining refuse or inferior olive oil with the soda obtained from the ashes of seaweed the primitive soap maker would however encounter one difficulty that arising from the fact that the potash or soda obtained by simple burning of the wood or seaweed is more or less combined with carbonic acid, instead of being all in the caustic state, which is required for effective soap-making. The modern soap-maker removes this carbonic acid by means of caustic lime, which takes it away from the carbonate of soda or carbonate of potash by simple exchange, i.e. caustic lime plus carbonate of soda becoming caustic soda plus carbonate of lime or carbonate of potash, plus caustic lime, becoming caustic potash, plus carbonate of lime. How the possibility of making this exchange became known to the primitive soap maker, or whether he knew it at all, remains a mystery. But certain it is that it was practically used long before the chemistry of the action was at all understood. It is very probable that the old alchemists had a hand in this. In their search for the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life, Or drinkable gold and for the universal solvent they mixed together everything that came to hand they boiled everything that was boilable distilled everything that was volatile burnt everything that was combustible and tortured all their simples and their mixtures by every conceivable device thereby stumbling upon many curious many wonderful and many useful results some of them were not altogether visionary were in fact very practical quite capable of understanding the action of caustic lime on carbonate of soda and of turning it to profitable account it is not however absolutely necessary to use the lime as the soda plants when carefully burned in pits dug in the sand of the seashore may contain but little carbonic acid if the ash is fluxed into a hard cake like that now commonly produced and sold as soda ash This contains from 3 to 30% of carbonate, and thus some samples are nearly caustic without the aid of lime. As cleanliness is the fundamental basis of all true physical refinement, it has been proposed to estimate the progress of civilization by the consumption of soap, the relative civilization of given communities being numerically measured by the following operation in simple arithmetic. Divide the total quantity of soap consumed in a given time by the total population consuming it and the quotient expresses the civilization of that community the allusion made by lord beaconsfield at the lord mayor's dinner in eighteen seventy nine to the prosperity of our chemical manufactures was a subject of merriment to some critics who were probably ignorant of the fact that soap making is a chemical manufacture and that it involves many other chemical manufactures some of them in their present state the results of the highest refinements of modern chemical science while the fishers of the hebrides and the peasants on the shores of the mediterranean are still obtaining soda by burning seaweed as they did of old our chemical manufacturers are importing sulphur from sicily and iceland pyrites from all quarters nitrate of soda from peru and the east indies for the manufacture of sulphuric acid by the aid of which they now make enormous quantities of caustic soda from the material extracted from the salt mines of cheshire and droitwich these sulphuric acid works and these soda works are among the most prosperous and rapidly growing of our manufacturing industries and their chief function is that of ministering to soap making in which britain is now competing triumphantly with all the world by simply considering how much is expended annually for soap in every decent household and adding to this the quantity consumed in laundries and by our woolen and cotton manufacturers, a large sum total is displayed. Formerly, we imported much of the soap we used at home. Now, in spite of our greatly magnified consumption, we supply ourselves with all but a few special kinds and export very large and continually increasing quantities to all parts of the world and if the arithmetical rule given above is sound the demand must steadily increase as civilization advances end of chapter thirty six